Hello friends, Denny Pruto here with another lesson on my approach to sermon preparation. Uh, we've reached the stage where we've talked about uh, not only selecting a text and studying a text, but determining the main point of a text and then determining uh, the sermon point. Uh, the next step uh, to follow is to formulate an outline. But before we go to the step of formulating an outline, I want to discuss uh, once again the importance of uh, a sermon having one main point and determining the point of a text in order uh, for us to have a, a sermon outline that sets forth the proper unity of purpose and progress toward a single point. And I'm uh, bouncing off of W.G.T. Shedd and a comment he makes in his homiletics and pastoral theology. He says, I think quite rightly, that most sermons are defective, are defective in unity of purpose and progress toward a single point. And he uh, makes a point of the fact that sermons must have unity and sermons must display progress toward a single end. And if this is going to be the case, you and I must uh, purpose in our study to determine the uh, point of a sermon. Uh, and to get the point of a sermon, uh, a homiletical point that applies the text properly to uh, the people in the congregation, you and I must come to grips with the one main point of a text. Uh, I'm using uh, Psalm 110 uh, as an example, and I'll do so in the next couple of lessons. Uh, I've given an outline of Psalm 110 on the whiteboard, and this outline follows what I understand to be the structure of the psalm. Uh, what we're talking about here is the poetic structure of a psalm. Uh, the psalms are uh, Hebrew poetry, and Hebrew poetry has uh, lines in parallel to one another, and there are different types of parallelisms. And in studying the psalms, we discern patterns uh, within the psalms. And this helps us understand the point of the poetry. And so, here we go with Psalm 110. Uh, let's just go through it uh, briefly. Uh, verse 1, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. In uh, verse 1, the Father appoints the Son, Jesus Christ, as King. And uh, I've designated this as A. Uh, in verse 4, we have a parallel. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So, in verse 4, the Father appoints Christ as a priest. And uh, I have A prime. Uh, verse 1 and verse 4 are parallel to each other. Now let's go to verse 2. Uh, the Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. The Son's rule extends over the nations. 
the nations. How do I get that? Well, uh, verse 2 is parallel to verses 5, 6, and 7. So I drop down to uh, verses 5, 6, and 7. The Lord is at your right hand. Uh, He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the nations. He is ruler over the nations. He is ruler over his enemies who are in the nations. And he will judge them. He will fill uh, them with their corpses. Uh, He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore he will lift up his head. The priest king, the father appoints Christ as king, the father appoints Christ as priest, the priest king accomplishes all of the father's purposes, including judgment, which is to come. Well, this leaves verse 3. Verse 3 is in the middle of this structure. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. In holy array from the womb of the dawn, your youth are to you as the dew. The uh, third verse points back to verses 1 and 2. Your people will follow their king. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. When Christ rules and his rule is extended over all of his enemies and over all the nations, Christ's people will volunteer freely. They will come to him out of the nations. But verse 3 also looks forward to uh, verse 4. In holy array from the womb of the dawn. In holy array. In the robes of Christ's righteousness. You and I are privileged to be clothed with the righteousness of Christ. The holy garments of the priest, Jesus Christ. And so, Christ's people follow him, that is, Jesus Christ, their king and their priest. Verse 3. Structure always helps with meaning. And so, uh, what do we learn here? Well, part of what we learn here is that uh, because of, or as a result of, uh, Christ being appointed both king and priest, Christ's people freely follow him. And uh, this is bringing us to the point of the text. Uh, God the Father appoints Jesus Christ as the great king and priest over the nations uh, so that one of the results will be that the people whom God has chosen, his elect, will follow Jesus Christ. And so the point of the text seems to be something like this. As a result of God the Father appointing Jesus Christ as the great king and priest, over the nations, his elect will follow Jesus Christ. And so, uh, we uh, begin to see the text through one main point. And that main point, as I've indicated before, becomes a lens through which you can look at all the parts of the text 
And because you derive one main point from the text, when you move to the idea of the sermon, the sermon may have one main point and have unity. And when you apply the point of the text uh, to the people, that is, when you formulate a homiletical point, you may then drive the sermon toward one single end. And there may be movement in the sermon toward that single end. And the single end uh, toward which I want to bring the people in uh, my sermon on Psalm 110 is serve the Lord Jesus Christ who is your king and priest. After all, you see, uh, this would be the point toward which I should bring the people because God the Father appointed Jesus Christ as king and God the Father appointed Jesus Christ as priest and Jesus Christ accomplished all the purposes of the Father uh, so that his people would follow him. Therefore, what is your responsibility? Follow Jesus Christ, your great priest and king. Uh, in the following lessons, I want to show you the uh, sequential outline that I develop for uh, this sermon on Psalm 110. And I want to compare a sequential outline with a more traditional outline, which is a series of topics gathered around a central theme or central point. Uh, there's a difference between these two types of sermons. And so, I suggest take, take the structure of a text like Psalm 110, derive the main point of uh, the text, in this case Psalm 110, apply that point and in this case, the point of the sermon would be an exhortation to serve Jesus Christ, your priest and king, and thus develop a sermon that has unity and progress toward a single end. Thanks for listening.